Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is a podcast that believes progressive politics can change the world. I'm your host, Hannah Shah, and I'm joined by Ali McGovern for this, the special Gates of Hell Have Opened edition of The Extra Show. Now, we're recording today in Ali's podcast suite, which feels remarkably cool, given the fact that BBC Weather, other weather apps are available, is telling me it's a cool 36 degrees outside. Oh my God. And I think it actually feels like more than that in Westminster, because it's really a part of London where the the air just doesn't mm. move very much and it's so hot it was even the house of commons chamber is normally quite cool even on a hot day but it was so hot in there today it does as you say feel like the gates of hell today ali if you ever want to become a movie announcer that'd be a great little line to use boris johnson is prime minister <laughs> Welcome um, to hell. Pretty much. I mean, let's keep this brief because we're all melting. I'm sure you are too. Um, we need to go and get like emergency ice lollies oh. and just like whack them on our foreheads and stuff. We actually have a stash in the progress office and all these people keep seeing in the freezer when I open it up and I'm like, all right, who wants a Cornetto? Who wants a Magnum? Who wants a Fab? And they're all like, whoa, this is such a life hack. Do you buy your ice lollies in rounds? I'm like, Obviously, how else would you buy your ice lollies yeah. individually? Right. You're me you only want just one. That's Who ridiculous. doesn't buy a box? I know, Fools. it's ridiculous. The problem is, is that there is sort of, you can tell what people are like because of their ice lolly choice. Like the Magnum people are fancy. Yeah, And then you have so. the Cornetto people who are quite basic. Trad. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the Twister people. The Twister people are always the people who are watching the number of calories because apparently it's the oh, lowest really? calorie. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, I'd go for a Calippo on that front. Mm, that's a good one, actually, because yeah. actually I prefer, I actually quite like a fab, but I realise fabs often split opinions because they're quite different in texture yeah. all the way through. Do use that taxonomy if you're picking any one of the above isolates. <laughs> tell you what personality you have. But obviously, we're here. The year is 2019. Probably fry an egg on some of the streets in London. And Boris Johnson has been to see the Queen and is now Prime Minister of what looks like the most right-wing cabinet in history. So Ali, you know Westminster much better than any of us. How has this happened? Essentially because the Conservative Party has been colonised by the right-wing elements that were once a kind of, you know, the fringe of the Tory party. John Major called them the bastards. They've always kind of been there in the Tory party. But David Cameron, in calling the EU referendum, basically gave them the absolute best platform from which to take over the Tory party. 
And Boris Johnson was their candidate. And they basically told Theresa May that if she set an end date for her prime ministership, that they would vote for her deal and get it over the line. And then they didn't do that. And Theresa May had to go anyway. And Boris Johnson, he is somebody who, from a political perspective, is Mm. my absolute nightmare. But I can see how, from a Tory perspective, he's very difficult to handle. Because from the perspective of labor values like he he does he does the wrong things mm. but if you're a if you're a conservative member of parliament and you're somebody who believes just sort of like getting the job of governing done you know david cameron brought a lot of people into parliament on the tory side who were a little bit values free in a sense mm. they kind of you know they've done re- very bad things in my view but mm. they he wanted to have a kind of modernist approach if you're one of those people and Boris Johnson is this kind of affable, friendly figure, but actually underneath it all is being controlled by quite hard right people, it's a challenge to mm. argue against that, as Jeremy Hunt found. He does have a way of charming people, as we know that lots of people are charmed by him. So I think it is difficult for the Tory party to fight against him. We've just been in the House of Commons chamber just now take him on and it's clear to me that when he gets asked pretty detailed questions he comes apart and in the end you know he's faces the same decision as Theresa May right which is either get a deal through with the backstop in it or face no deal he thinks he can take the backstop that protects Northern Ireland and the island of Ireland out of the deal the European Union say they won't so he's in exactly the same situation as Theresa May as she would say nothing has changed (laughs) and We've now well, started to see his cabinet and I saw a tweet. I remember I was over here yesterday and I walked back through Westminster on the way back to our office. And in that six minute interval, we sort of saw three ministers all get sacked. Um, I saw a tweet that said something like, forget about the night of the long knives. This is the afternoon of the machine guns. Um, which seems pretty apt for what's happened to the Tory cabinet. I mean, he's gone for it all right. Anybody who was kind of sort of moderate-ish, maybe, you know, voted Remain, campaigned for Remain, even those that didn't really do so with any gusto. Um, Greg Clark, gone. David Gork, resigned. Philip Hammond, resigned. We used to think of Philip Hammond as like a really right-wing, you know, mm-hmm. treasury axe man, um, which which he was, by the way, architect of austerity. Not right-wing enough for Boris Johnson, apparently. Sacked Karen Bradley from Northern Ireland. Um, sacked a bunch of ministers, Caroline Noakes for immigration, mm. a bunch of people who had gone into government to try and help Theresa May essentially get Brexit over the line. These people were committed to delivering Brexit, but not right-wing enough for Boris Johnson, apparently. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly recognised that May's failure, or maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me that May's failure stemmed from the fact that she had too many fronts, right? And her party management was absolutely atrocious. You saw under her the complete collapse of any kind of collective cabinet responsibility. They were briefing out against each other all the time. So, I mean, you can see why he's chosen to take this absolute loyalty uh, point of view or premise as a starting point. But now I've been calling the result a cabinet of none of the talents, and I'm sure other people have too. But what do you actually think of them? So we've got, you know, Pretty Patel in his home secretary, which is one that sort of makes my skin crawl. We've got Sajid Javid in his, in his chancellor. Um, Dominic Raab in his foreign secretary. Could it get any worse? Well, 
just to just to take a step back, mm. I mean, Pretty Patel as Home Secretary, she's got a massive reputation as, as being quite an arch right winger. She was mm. one of the um, Britain Unchained group of Tory MPs that wrote this that wrote this book some time ago um, that was quite ferocious about um, people's you know rights at work and that sort of thing. I think it it called you know the 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 British public essentially lazy at work. Um, and so she has that reputation. She's getting a bit of stick because apparently a while ago she was in favour of hanging. Yeah, um, that's true. She um, used to be in favour of the death penalty, even if innocent people died. Wow. But I think she has actually said that she that she's changed her mind about that now. So, phew. Look, you know, essentially these are all seriously right-wing people. Sajid Javid, you would think of as perhaps the, the least hard line in the sense of, when he was standing to be um, leader in the competition, just gone. Actually, he said some things about race that I think you wouldn't necessarily hear a hear a Tory prime minister say. You know, he described actually that it had been difficult for mm. him standing in the Tory party, but that but that he nonetheless believed in the values and and what have you. So G. Javid, I think, is going to be an interesting chance for the Exchequer. He has a he has a city background. He is, you know, he was a banker pre crash so he 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 brings all of that baggage which will be interesting to see what happens there um i was at a, um an industrial site near to my constituency quite a while ago after sajid javid had been um in the business department and they sort of reported to me that he did not have a lot of handle on like kind of big uh, industrial manufacturing in the UK. Mm. So I think we might have some challenges there. He's definitely, he's somebody who's got a record of financial services in the city and not really the rest of the country and what that's like. So I think we might have some problems there. Uh, who was the third person you mentioned? Dominic Raab. Dominic Raab. Oh my who can forget Dominic Raab? Not a feminist. Not a feminist, not but a femi- foreign secretary. So maybe that would be helpful. I don't know. So I think that it won't be. I have to be honest. I think Dominic Raab has been put in that job as a kind of sop to the um, ERG lot, some of whom backed him in the leadership. You know, I think you're right, Hannah, to say that perhaps Boris Johnson's analysis is that Theresa May was just fighting on too many fronts and he's only going to fight on one. Um, The fact is he is going to have to fight on another front because come September he is going to have to face the House of Commons again and the majority against no deal. We'll see what happens. Will he bring back Theresa May's deal with a you know new cover mm. forward by Jacob Rees-Mogg? Mm-hmm. Um, annotated notes um, from Boris Johnson saying, oh, actually, I think this is very different. Very, very different <laughs> indeed. Um, you know, is that what they're going to do? And then they're basically going to rely on being able to bring the DUP and the ERG back mm. and... Um, that that they won't lose too many votes on the um, on the Remainer side of the Tories, and that that in any case they could be replaced by the very small number of Labour MPs who would be prepared to vote for a deal. I don't know, but I think he can go down this road of only facing right and only fighting, you know, folks on the right. But mm. in the end, he is going to have to deal with the fact that there's a lot of people out there who are deeply, deeply uncomfortable about Brexit. Absolutely. And we mentioned um, Sajid Javid and Priti Patel now. I just wanted to raise a point because in Labour circles, we often have this conversation. We have it about women, LGBT people and about ethnic minorities as well. And when we see people from those backgrounds promoted to positions within the Conservative Party, 
There are some people who say, you know, that's really good because we have more increased representation. Then we have others who say, well, actually, um, there's they continue to be a Tory and it doesn't really matter whether someone is a woman or LGBT or an ethnic minority because they're a Tory. And actually, I think when I heard Theresa May speak, it was really interesting. And actually, I don't agree with her at all, but like hearing her say and include a line in her speech um, outside Downing Street that she hoped that this would mean that young women would think that they can get to the top quite powerful. And I wonder what you thought about us having that conversation within the Labour Party and whether actually the promotion of two BAME people to two of the great officers of state means that actually we need to start thinking a little bit more about how we appeal to BAME communities who are traditionally seen as our target audience. So I think two things. I think firstly, uh, I, I think it's really good. I think dealing with the you know inherent um, structural disadvantage that exists for women and people of color in this country I think that's that's really that's a good thing and I reserve the right to disagree absolutely on policy with Tories all day long but I'm not going to criticize if they if they manage to get people in positions of of power who traditionally would have found it more difficult however there is another point which is that sometimes both political parties are guilty of willing the ends but not the means so the Tories I mean quite often you know <laughs> say well we've had two women prime ministers new Labour have never had one and that that's obviously true but the fact is that the Labour Party has often been there doing the heavy lifting on feminism and fighting the fight and getting more women into parliament mm. that the Tories have sort of taken as like oh well that's just happened naturally yeah you know that's just like come about you know with no struggle at all and and I think that's a problem. And I think the Tories sometimes in their desire to make equality and diversity more mainstream, they forget the struggle that it takes to get um, these issues on the agenda and being dealt with in the first place. The second point is, is on our side. It makes me weep when people think of particular groups in society, be it women or be it people of colour, as some sort of vote bank that is just there and available like, what did you do to serve those people? Like, of course, I understand this, the, the historic reasons. I mean, you know, in my own background, right, my family are all sort of, of Irish descent one way or another. And, you know, that's that's a community in the UK that also would have historic links on the, on the Labour side, some, some on the Tory side too, but, but a lot of historic links on the Labour side. So we always have to be conscious when there's a community from which we have drawn a lot of strength that we that we serve that community too and that we don't treat people just as sort of like homogenous block I mean this happens with women all the time the women's vote you know it's mm. seen as like if you talked about childcare, you've ticked that box <laughs> no I'm sorry but women are all different and they have a completely different range of opinions and interests and we have to be on the labor side I think um more smart and less making of assumptions about how um, identity plays into politics mm, it's a really good point and um just briefly i know you touched and we touched on the question of brexit when talking about the cabinet of course johnson's picked his cabinet he has it's heavily he's included some people like Am amber rudd so he's made a nod to some remainers but not really um but what do you think his cabinet and his picks mean for brexit and you said he's gonna have to face parliament again in september but 
do you think a no deal is really increasingly more likely? Well, I mean, firstly, on the on the Amber Rudd point, I think it's the Guardian commentator, Raphael Baer, mm. who said that some politicians demonstrate continually um, that principle is soluble in ambition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that could fairly be said of Amber Rudd that, yes. she, that she kind <laughs> of made a lot of uh, statements and noises. Um, but clearly being in, in government is quite important to her. And um, I think that, you know, that there's, there's probably a few Tory politicians who've pledged allegiance in order to kind of stay in government. And now there's a heavy responsibility on them, particularly in relation to No Deal. And just in the in the comments just now, Boris Johnson basically wanted it both ways. Mm. So he kind of, he wanted to say that what he wanted was a deal because, you know, I think that they basically want to engage in this fantasy that they can make by just optimism and upbeatness and uh, positive thinking that they can somehow get the European Union to undermine the fundamental rules of the European Union. Um, and so he wants to he wants to make it sound at the moment like he wants a deal. But he has always been quite clear about being prepared to engage in no deal. And there's a particular group of the ERG, John Redwood and others, who actually think that no deal is is a really good idea mm. and and they 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 think that because then we really would be freed of any of our social commitments on environmental rights yeah. workers rights you know and those are the, this is what brexit is really about let's not pretend that brexit is 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 really about um sovereignty or what goes on in the house of commons they couldn't give two hoots about the house of commons (laughs) really if they could get what they wanted they would bypass the house of commons all day every day what they really care about is this right-wing vision of an economy where you can rip up the rules um and a kind of you know singapore style or u.s style approach to regulation and the markets and that is so bad for ordinary people in britain whether it's on you know, the fight against catastrophic climate change or basic things like air quality or whether it's about, you know, the, the kind of rights that we hold dear. The, that's the real agenda with with No Deal. And I think Boris Johnson also wants to give some sucker to that crowd um, in the Tory party as well. So he, he's facing both ways at the moment, which does make me quite worried about No Deal. Okay, thanks. And just before we wrap up, this all seems very depressing. It's very hot. Boris Johnson's prime minister... Um, I know we've been talking a lot about why we do what we do and how to keep going at it. And progressive activists might feel a bit despondent today, seeing Boris Johnson in the chamber. So what can we be hopeful about? We can be hopeful that we're going to do some things. I mean, I would say to anybody feeling despondent out there, for heaven's sake, take some action, do something. Because Boris Johnson is a real example of the things that we don't believe in. And I think the worst thing that could come out of this is if people around the world look at Britain and they think that Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg are what Britain's all about. They're not. They're about impersonating P.G. Woodhouse and forgetting (laughs) that 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 those stories of Bertie Wooster are supposed to be satirical, (laughs) not a model for your conduct. And so I would say to people who feel despondent today, you know, taking action is where we need to be. And it will not only make you feel better, but it will also take us a step forward. So whether that means, you know, writing 
down an article about your particular perspective or expertise and getting it published somewhere, whether that means finding a progressive candidate for election. There, you know, there's elections going on all the time for uh, police and crime commissioners, for local councillors, for, um, you know, somebody to be a candidate, to be a parliamentarian, find a progressive candidate and back them and support them and help them, you know, do a join up to a phone bank. Mm. The only way to deal with despondency is to put one foot in front of another and carry on. Like we just have to build the fight and there's, you know, there's, there's plenty of reasons to be hopeful out there if you look for them. I think the fact that Boris Johnson has had to become elected in this way rather than a general election um, is, is an interesting one. And we just don't know how it's going to go um, with the public. It's it's very hard to see that he will be as popular outside the Tory party as he is it as he is within it. So take action today. That is what will make you hopeful. OK, we'll leave that there on Ali's message Yep, take action today. And if you have a particular issue you're interested in, um, listen back through old episodes of the Progressive Britain podcast. We have really interesting people from all walks of life who are involved in projects that they care about in their local areas and they let you know how they got there and how you can be involved. And if you have time, subscribe, rate and review and send this to your friends so they can take action too. Always share the podcast with your friends. Every little helps. There we go. Every little helps. Every person listening, every person being a part of the community really helps. Great. Now, stay safe in the heat, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast. The music was One in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons, and many thanks for our fantastic and long-suffering producer, Caroline Crampton. Mm-hmm.